This is exactly right. you think it is no we're Murder here to tell you don't sewers. worry about the ice sheet disappearing it's no, no, no. it's gonna be better you're gonna die so much sooner than that oh happens so. who cares the fast is dying <laughs> guys oh my god the bell house finally Like we've been we've been planning this. We've been thinking about it. <laughs> we've been talking about it. We've been talking to each other and to Andrew here at the Bell House yeah. about it. And here we are. We bo- we bo- we booked this gig ourselves. <laughs> Thank you. We didn't know, and so we did it. Yeah, we were like, it doesn't matter. We should do probably a small, intimate venue. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're really excited about this. We have a we have a guest, a murderino storyer. Timer. Yeah, that's right. And we might have a surprise guest later. <laughs> but we don't know. <laughs> uh, what? No, it's not a surprise. <laughs> Get ready for the huge surprise later. Tom Cruise is a surprise. Oh my guest. God! Tom Cruise loves killing. <laughs> you know he does. Yeah, for sure. I bet the way if Tom Cruise was a murderer, he would just bite people to death. Aww. You know he's got some fucking titanium teeth like hidden in there. Ah. I think next time we should ask for like wireless Janet Jackson mics so we can just really roam the stage as like we this? clearly want. Yeah, do some black cat before we actually sit down. <laughs> Can I get some murder in my mind? Anything? I would just want to show everybody, I don't know if you know, but we were at Sephora earlier. Oh. Did you see that? Hence all the makeup on my face. I have and on Karen's so hand. much lipstick on right now. <laughs> this is the closest I could get to the crown uh, Elizabeth lip color. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh my God, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Wow. I fucking hate that. I mean... It's mine. The fucking audacity? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You're sweet. I love you. Are you B-onkers or what? <laughs> That's my friend Millie saying. B-onkers. Hi, Millie. Um, we actually were in Sephora, a very crowded oh, yeah. Brooklyn Sephora, yeah. and I was squatted down putting every color of lip uh, and eye thing I, I could on my face. I saw it. And Georgia had immediately broken off from me and begun to get a makeover. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh no. Stop it. 
and yeah. I, 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 at one point I crossed an aisle and there was just a woman doing this and George is just standing there getting, <laughs> getting her face brushed. I actually kind of hated it because I was like, what color matches me? I mean, I want you to hand it to me. I don't want you to use your fucking brushes that you've done every fucking person in the world for the past <laughs> fucking 24 hours. And like, maybe put some alcohol on it. And I'm like, I just was like, I'm breaking out. Yeah. As we speak. You pulled it off well. I thought you were really Thank enjoying you. yourself. I just didn't want to hurt her feelings, but I wanted to be like, don't fucking touch me with that don't touch brush. Me. Um, well, yeah, it's Sephora. There's going to be, there's going to be a germ issue for sure. Uh, uh, but also, you know what I don't like is like, they ask if they can help you and I do want a very specific kind of help. Yeah. But I don't want, I, they always try to get you to let them do your face. It's I, like, no, I just want to know like, the exact number of the to- taupe lip I mean. line. That, no, that's, that's what I'm talking about. I wanted that too. She was like, well, first take your makeup off and then come over here. And no. Like, Fuck. Get out of here. I know. I know. I was like, just fucking put it on top, dude. Like, that's what I'm going to do. Anyways. So you broke off to have that happen to you. I was off by myself squatting. <laughs> like a fucking weirdo. And then I hear, you know, like when you're in a public place, I don't know if you're like me. In a public place, if I hear someone go like, blah, blah. Blah blah. I <laughs> never think it's to me. And she turned and gave me the. She did one of these of like, don't fucking, you know, like she didn't know it was I was talking about her. No, she, I just don't. I, I don't like shouting. And and the girl goes, oh, she just gave us a dirty look. The girl who had been like, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. <laughs> and I was like, like oh. fuck you. I'm looking at eyeshadow right now. But I just thought it was a teen shouting in a public place, yeah. and I wanted to yeah. show them that that's not allowed. And that's in, why we don't. Instead, it was a girl who worked at Sephora. Even yeah. better, a girl who worked at Sephora who yeah. liked our podcast. And, and like, how do you know who we are in person? She, because of our lip colors. <laughs> she knows our shit. It's crap. It was super fun after I stopped being super bitchy to her. Anyhow, uh, I was just at dinner. Anecdote down the street mm-hmm. and these two sweet girls at a table like they weren't even obnoxious they were like hey we're gonna go see your show in a minute and I was like thank Ooh. you and I there was that you hey. now they're fucking obnoxious <laughs> everyone's here everyone's watching it's cause I sugared the, them up because I bought them fucking chocolate cake Ooh, and nice. the waitress was like what the fuck is wrong with you I was like send them some cake and she was like do you know them that's so Hollywood of you big timing it uh, I'll send you cake afford eight dollar cake yeah don't eat know. it eat that cake eat the fucking cake eat the cake eat that's it that's not a mic that's a beer eat her cake <laughs> eat the cake she sends to you <laughs> guys anyhow anyhow we gotta go <laughs> um, live show corner oh karen it's oh. fine it's fine um you have a lifesaver i have the this is just a mint in case i get worried later on it's weird <laughs> gotta have that shit with you we huh. should have asked for some kind of a, a break break point up there like what so i was just thinking a private a private shelf sneeze yeah. area they couldn't see through yeah. so we could have all our secrets uh what if we have a, a fucking frame photo of steven and the cats up there is that weird could you imagine how great this christmas would be <laughs> Sorry. He actually is babysitting the cats. I, I feel like every time we do a live show and he's babysitting the cats, it's like how it should be. That's right. Him away and us here. Yeah. We are drinking in all the glory and him doing the work like Cinderella. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Damon. <laughs> I'm a 
gonna start calling him Steve from now on. Steve. Because he's so, he's such a like, if there's anywhere in the world he belongs, it's like Brooklyn. He's, he's got the like, he's got the like uneven hair and a tiny borderline Hitler mustache where I'm like, that could be problematic if you lived anywhere else. He's such a Steven, so calling him Steve, Steve. would be such a fucking insult. Where it's I love like, it. Steve. Steve. Jean jacket much, Steve? <laughs> Pick me up in your dad's truck, Steve. <laughs> Oh, an angel. Oh, anyway. It started snowing in New York. That's... Thanks, you guys. I had better hair earlier, but then the snow came. Um, I have really cute coats that don't do anything. Georgia, when I met Georgia today... uh, (laughs) This is the first time we met. We met, and we really get along. Um, I met her on the street corner, and she is wearing the thinnest... I think it's a coat that Jane Fonda wore in Clute. Like, it's just... It's just a very thin, body-shaping, yep. uh, taupe-colored coat. It's like, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego coat? <laughs> right? Yes, However, but with a smaller lapel. Yeah. And I was like, are you dying in that coat? What are you doing? No. She doesn't give a fuck, you guys. No, I do give a fuck. I just act like I don't. Oh. That's the secret to not mm. giving a fuck. Oh, okay. You, do you just feel it deep down inside? Yeah. What if we were already getting the light? <laughs> end it now. You guys, fucking right. cut. You guys end on a high note. That's kind of low. Bye. We just kind of updated you on our day. Yeah, bye. And then we're going to leave. Uh, oh, oh. I went to a, a bar on Friday night mm. called the Vince. Where's Vince? What's it called? He's not even fucking oh God, he here. He left your own show. Like fucking You have to get divorced. That's a bar. What? Maderos, thank, thank you. I don't know. Yeah, thank that you. That is not her husband. <laughs> <laughs> so I was at this. I was at this bar. I think it was like it was like in like Cobble Hill, and uh, we ended. Up, it was like a kind of a divey bar called Maderos, and like we ended up sitting like talking to locals, which is like only a thing you do in Brooklyn. It was like the coolest people, and like the the fucking old timer like alcoholic dude who's so cool was into fucking serial killers, and then this like couple comes in, and you could tell that they've been there a lot, but they're like cool and young, and he was a fucking criminal defense attorney. What? cute little baby with like dimples and his fucking girlfriend who was like so cute like this cute little hipster was a fucking um, she was a forensic uh, what is auditor a what? A forensic auditor. She's fucking. She audits shit, and then she's she like, does taxes for dead people. Yeah. <laughs> what? No, I she doesn't do that. And then she's like, "You're going to jail, you fucking bad oh, man." No. Like, so a company is like, "This guy's doing something wrong," and she comes in there and like does the books. And I'm like, "Badass!" Like chicks are good at math. Fuck you. We're not. But like, fuck you. you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what so are you saying it to me? There. No, I mean, you know what I mean. Fuck you. What are Roman numerals? <laughs> I don't know. No one knows. So we just like it was just like the best, and they were they were so cool. What is forensic about auditing, though? Well, forensic just means it's it's law. Um, so it's it's when like I know I wanted there to be like a bone in a file or something. I was like, <laughs> what is this part of a spine? One heart plus one lung and six stab wounds <laughs> equals uh, eight things. You're going to jail, motherfucker. Uh, uh, no, it's just like, she, I mean, I felt bad for her. She just has to sit in a room and do, 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 do you know, like, uh, do, 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 like with her, like, calculator. That seems fun. Do, 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 do. Don't feel yeah. bad for her. No. They were, but it was just like, it was such a fucking, it was so great. You just got to have a real human experience. Yeah, with people who are obsessed with fucking deathy things. God bless. I know. I mean, that's us, right, everybody? Yeah. Yeah. 
and you, and you, and you. Um, we have murders here. And then we have a, a third person to present a murder, so yeah. we should bring her out Let's now. Let's bring her out. She oh. is our very good friend. You may have seen her on Girl Code. Uh, you may have seen her stand up all over the nation. Um, you I think may she, have uh, already oh. pre-ordered her book. Oh, that's right. Called Wed, Wedalicious, Cut. an unfiltered guide to being a bride. I've done that. Have you guys been a bride? It's fucking terrifying and awful. Uh, what? <laughs> I was just thinking about when I was, and I failed miserably Terrible soon and after. Awful. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you guys. <laughs> why, is, why is that sad? <laughs> Here's Jamie Lee. Jamie Lee, everybody. Phony, let's sit down. This yeah. is getting weird. Oh my god! <laughs> Hi. Hi, guys. Am I not supposed to be in the middle? Is this this is guess aggressive? This microphone. Okay. Isn't that angle that on down? It's, we, it's a little bit in our we, faces. Let me go ahead and okay. I Anyways. just bopped mine and it didn't move because that's not how mics work. Does um, this feel kind of like we're at South by Southwest on a panel, giving a panel about how CDs ah. don't exist anymore? <laughs> I brought you a gift. What? Yeah. Stop it. This is for both of you. <laughs> what is it? You'll see. It's a kitten. What it was a kitten? That's actually not far off. Um, <gasps> so because Elvis, as he can't travel, he's at home because cats yes, don't travel yes, well. I, I got, like it. I got you an Elvis understudy to yeah. bring with you on the road. Let's see it. It's Patsy Dead the podcast Pat. alpaca. <laughs> Isn't she fluffy? Isn't she an alpaca? Patsy. You know why? Do you know why she's named Patsy? No, why? Because Patsy. (gasps) Patsy Jean Benet Ramsey? Fuck yeah, or Mom Benet Ramsey. Mom Benet Ramsey. So you pack her with you and she'll bring you lots of luck and also get fur all over your clothes. We'll pack her in our suitcases. Yeah! (laughs) Over we go. Oh my god. Sorry. Sorry. Um, I just like her fur. It's just like dashing yeah, in the light. It's, yes. it's like the snow outside. <laughs> um, I'd just like to tell a quick anecdote about when, um, so Jamie Lee and I sometimes take our dogs to the same dog park in Los Angeles and we ran into each other there and uh, she was asking me about this date, and this was a couple months ago, Yes. and said, because she was going to be in uh, New York at the same time, and she was like, what? When is it? Because I don't want to go to that show. And I go, why don't you be the guest? And she goes, oh my God! Like that. I like, I wish I could explain. Sorry, that was really hard. But I wish I could explain her fucking One Direction reaction when I asked her to be the guest. It was the sweetest thing of all time. But then you texted me and you were like, hey, is it cool if Jamie's the guest? I know. I already told her she's the guest. And I was like, of course. No, no, no. You were like, hey, how about Jamie Lee is the guest? I'm like, yes. I'm like, good, because I already told her. Yeah, I already already asked. (laughs) Yeah, it was, thank fucking God. What if I was like, no. (laughs) And here you are. Is this right? I don't know. I think super high. Oh, this feels good. Super high and tilt it down like Radiohead. Should we? Let's get underneath it. (laughs) That's very Tom Karma, Karma, Karen. Yes. 
threatening me. Oh God, I don't know what, I don't know how we, and what do we even. Perfect. <laughs> Everyone listen, oh yeah, I like it up there. We're Everyone like the wrecking crew. at home is like, what is happening right now? Listeners at home, base. you're missing nothing. There's a lot of <laughs> mic work going on. Yeah. So who goes, who goes first in the situation? Let's make the guests go first. No, not fucking me. You yes. go first. I don't know what I'm doing. Go first. Really? Come on. <laughs> They're so nice. <laughs> like, right? Are you? <laughs> nah, I will. Okay, I'm, guys. Are you going to be mad? Am I going to be? Are you mad right now? After, I'm like, no. And then afterwards, I'm like, Karen, can I talk can to you I for a minute? Can I talk to you in that really small bathroom back there? <laughs> Should we do one of us and then Jamie and then the I other I would one? love that. Sure. Okay. Yeah, clearly. I would love that. Just to get in the zone, you know? Gotta warm up. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Did you just rock, paper, scissors? Yeah. I don't know who goes first. (laughs) 
Do you what? Want, are you fucking super? St- I'll go first. No, no, no. Go I was first. just trying to think of who went first last time. Does anyone know who went first? I was like, thank you, thank you. My God. Okay, guys. Can we get the notes? Last week's notes, please. Who's the secretary of this club? Can you read the minutes back, please? Because <laughs> that's what I meant. We're not is. paying attention. Uh, this is something that we could have figured out while we were at Sephora. Why would we do um, that? No. Any other time no. that we've been here for the past twenty hours? charming was that though <laughs> when we just like didn't know because like we don't even think about it the torso Shh. killer anyone move the alpaca I don't give a fuck what you can see shut your mouth oh no I, really do you not know how to be in public you don't get to talk no talking and now when I meet you afterwards I'm gonna get in your fucking face there's no oh no Patsy fell over. Patsy died. When Karen is angry, it's Patsy. Patsy falls over. Wait, when Karen ask, needs you to stop fucking talking. Ask so Patsy if she wants a cookie. It's gonna be so disappointing, and I'm gonna get so no, no. Sad. I, she'll she'll say something. Just really? ask her. Yeah. Patsy, you want a cookie? Yes. <laughs> no, I she's a lot more cat. eloquent than your cat. I'm sorry. I'm yes. Super it's my cheat sad. <laughs> I'm not doing carbs right now, but I'll make an exception for you, girls. Thanks, Patsy. Patsy's really high class. She's a little emo, but we're working through it. (laughs) Wait, she's a little emu? But she's not an emo. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't know if I'd be celebrating it like that. Severe douche chills. so good. (laughs) And you fucking, you know, and you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Can I please talk about the torso killer? He's your fucking killer, and I want to tell you about him. (laughs) So um, there's a name, a man named Richard Francis Cottingham, and he did a little work in the 80s here in the New York City metropolitan area that I don't know if anybody knows about. I actually had never heard of him, and someone else, uh, like in passing, a friend of mine was like, have you ever heard of the Torso Killer? And I got all up in their face like, that's Cleveland, that's not going to help me. And then they were like, no, no, no. New York City had their own torso killer. And I was like, well, God bless America. (laughs) And this took place primarily in 1980. And um, so I looked up on a website what was happening in 1980 that was different than 2016. And so I'll just, <laughs> I'll just list a couple things just to paint the picture, just well, to set it up for Georgia you. Georgia was born. Jo- in 1980? Yeah. Oh, girl, oh. you look good. Thank- oh, am I not supposed to? <laughs> Thank you. Um, thank you. That was, a, that was a straight compliment. Oh, thank um, you. Thank you. <laughs> Karen see. is using Patsy as a um, music stand. I mean, Patsy, Patsy was used for years and years by John Ram. Oh, yes. Shit, girl. I don't know. I don't know. That's I don't right. Know. I don't know. Anything can and- happen at the Bell House. <laughs> oh, could you imagine if John John Ramsey walked on stage? Right? That's our oh that's our surprise oh guest is fucking John God. Ramsey. John Ramsey's here to tell his side of the story. <laughs> fucking flip the table. Fuck, dude. The torso killer. Okay. Fuck. Go, 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 go. In 1980. Um, in New York, but also everywhere else. Did you know there was no answering machines? Like, they had invented them. And corporate 
corporations would use them and like rich people had them, but they weren't actually mass marketed until 1984. Aww. Isn't that precious? It's so cute. So if you uh, wanted to call somebody and they weren't home, the phone would just ring and ring and ring. <laughs> uh. All right. Also, <laughs> there are pay phones everywhere and they weren't as dirty as they are now. Yeah. Um, here in New York, this subway was insanely scary. Oh, yeah. Um, you, they used tokens, and um, everybody had a knife. <laughs> uh, I believe Studio 54 was peaking. It was about to close, but mm. it was like peaking just to the point where it was like all the people who still thought cocaine was good for you were having a great time. <laughs> and then like New Year's Eve, and it was like mm. January 1st, 81, and they were just like, Everybody's gonna die. Yeah. Um, you could smoke anywhere. You could smoke yeah. inside of an operating room. It was the best. <laughs> there were a shit ton of mimes. Oh no. All right, we're good. <laughs> that, that mime was just so pissed off that he fucking. <laughs> that mime threw down his drink and fucking stormed out. Life. But How silently. He didn't yell. He was just like, drink. How dare you talk about the, quant the quantity of mimes? Now there's just me. <laughs> and of course, there was graffiti everywhere, and there's litter everywhere, mm -hmm. and also there was a ton of murder. Just a shit yeah. ton. Mm -hmm. Yes, congratulations. Um, so there was a man named Richard Francis Cottingham, and uh, he was 31 years old at this time. He was a computer operator and a valued employee of the Blue Cross Blue Shield in New York. It's um, not a plug. <laughs> we're getting paid a shit ton of money by Blue Cross. To not talk about that. Blue Shield. Uh, he was married with three children and he also raped, sodomized, killed, and mutilated six sex workers in New York and New Jersey. Congratulations. What that a was, fun guy. Yeah. Yeah. That was great storytelling. Just a sassy good time. Uh, so I read this article by a guy named Peter Vronsky, and it seemed like he was a writer, but in when he tells it, I mean, like, I, he is, it's a great article, so obviously he's a talented writer, but he was talking about, at the time, he used to run film from Montreal, get it um, developed in New York City, and then take it back. And you can't just, like, send, you, they don't ever ship, like, movie film like that. You have to have a guy do it so that nothing happens to the film. So he would come down with the film, and he would get a stipend to get a hotel room for the, the night and then go back. But of course, he was like a young punk, so he didn't want to spend his money on a hotel room, so he would save the money and like eat, he would go to art openings and eat cheese and drink wine, yeah. and then, and then uh, get a hotel room in a really, really seedy hotel. And so this one time he did it, the film took longer than they expected. So he ended up getting kind of stuck in Hell's Kitchen. And it was... Back then? No. Yeah, right? No thanks. Um, there was a, it was a hotel on 10th Avenue and, uh, in Hell's Kitchen, and um, he was standing at the elevator one day, and the, it was taking forever, and he was getting kind of irritated. When it finally opened, there was just like this super bland guy um, who came out of the elevator holding a bag, and the... <laughs> Why then? Because something's going to happen. Oh, right, okay. I can tell something's going to happen. Got it, got it. Um, he comes out of the elevator and his bag... Touch. 
touches Peter Vronsky on the leg. And then, but then the guy moves on. He said he looked a little bit sweaty, like he'd just been doing something. Um, but then, but he, other than that, he was kind of vague and then he left. So Peter Vronsky goes up to the floor where his hotel room is going to be to check out just how horrible his stay is going to be because he knows it's going to be bad. And we, when he gets up there, there are little pieces of like burned material in the air and he can smell smoke. It smells like someone burnt hair or something. So, right? Yeah. So, um, as he's walking down the hallway to get to his room, um, the, he now starts to see smoke in the hallway, and the smell is starting to get really bad, and he starts to realize it's the smell of death. This is, this is not just a normal fire. There's a dead body somewhere. Oh. And then, right then, the fire alarms go off, um, and... <laughs> What happened? I just looked at I just Jamie. feel like, oh. yeah, I, I just got chills. I'm just very invested. Keep going. He goes, he goes back downstairs, and um, a room was on fire. Oh. And when the firemen went in, they found two bodies, one on each of the single beds. And when one of the firemen picked the body up and pulled it out into the hallway. Don't do that. To do CPR on it. No head, no hand. Oh! Oh my god. Oh my god. Ew. Oh no. We Wait, sorry, did you say advocates. no head, no hands? Is that what you said? Yes, okay. no head, no hands. No okay. fucking dental records, no fucking fingerprints. That's right. Ooh. So he, um, a couple years later, when Richard Cottingham gets caught and his picture is on the news, Peter Vronsky sees his picture and goes, that's the guy that passed me when he came out of the elevator. And with a bag? With a bag with heads in it. Fuck! And hands. Fuck! Anyway, oh Merry Christmas. <laughs> Was it a nice bag? Was it to me? <laughs> Was it? What's the large brown bag? What's the large brown bag thing? From Bloomingdale's. Bloomingdale's. Oh yeah, big brown bag. Big brown bag. Um, so was it the sports sack? <laughs> was it Goodwill? Shh. Guys, I'm about to talk about the dead body. Please okay, go. sorry. Uh, the those missing parts were never found, um, but their clothes. There was two sex workers whose clothes were found neatly folded and put into the bathtub along with their um, fancy boots. Weird. And, uh-huh. And there was very little blood on the beds. Hmm. So they don't, un- and there was very little blood in the room. Hmm. So they don't understand, they don't understand the method at that point of what happened, where it happened, because it didn't seem possible that he could have gotten all of that taken care of in the room. Also, how did he kill one person and then the other, mm-hmm. and the other person doesn't make enough noise that somebody knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Again, they're in Hell's Kitchen. Um, <laughs> So through, through x-rays, they identify Dita Gadzari, who is a 23-year-old sex worker from New Jersey, who is the mother of a four-month-old baby. Oh, no. yeah. And the other victim was in her late teens, and she has never been identified oh, to this honey. day. Oh, my God. So, so, <laughs> what the fuck was that look? So six months later, six months later at the Seville Hotel on 29th Street near Madison, uh, he kills a 25-year-old named Jean Rayner. And it was the same exact thing where they go in, they find the dead body, and this time, it's going to be bad. Uh. 
he cut off her breasts and put them on the headboard before he lit the room on fire. Now, I want to know, how bad is this hotel if it has a headboard? It can't be... It's got a boo board. It must be... (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I just... Whatever, I'm not going to say. I mean... So, now we're going to cut to the Hasbro Heights Quality Inn. Uh, you guys have been there. Um, <laughs> the irony of Quality Inn. Anytime <laughs> the word quality is in the title, it's stark yeah, opposite. It's like good enough inn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's called bed bugs. Yeah. <laughs> so the maid is vacuuming, as they are wont to do, and when she goes to vacuum under the bed, it hits something. No! And when she lifts up the mattress, oh. it is the disfigured corpse of 19-year-old Valerie Street, oh. who is also a sex worker. Yeah. Um, so essentially, the our boy Richard Coddington, uh, what what he would do is pick up prostitute sex workers, uh, and he would oftentimes he would give them a date rape drug, and um, they would wake up in the hotel with the tape on their mouth and he Shit, and um, handcuffed with their hands behind their back, and um, and then basically he would torture them for hours at a time, and they were at these horrible hotels where people would be screaming and no one was doing anything. Ah. That's the that's the craziest thing is, that is Well, I mean, he until he put the tape over their mouths, but he must have like the planning oh. the planning of it must have been that they drugged them long enough and then covered it. But the, you mind your business in those fucking hotels, <laughs> that's right? A, that's exactly right. You don't want to point fingers no. when the three are pointing back at you. Do you remember the movie Big when Tom Hanks becomes big and he goes and stays in the hotel for the first time and it's yes. like this set and he gets like super scared and sad. It was like I, Times Square. Oh, yes, think it's totally Times Square. Uh, you're 12 and crying. And you're 12. But you're also a man. But you're a man boy. <clears throat> okay. So, uh, so this next victim was a, not a, prost- a sex worker, sorry, it's, it keeps saying prostitute in this article. It was a 26-year-old radiologist named Marianne Carr. And um, they think that he knew her in real life, in his, in his weird other life in New Jersey. Um, <clears throat> and she had basically died the same way, and she was found like up against a chain link fence. So oh. it, was, it was all kind oh. of the same thing, but it turned out she was, she was just a, a nurse and a regular person like in, how would in her he town. Know, how would he have found her and known her if he didn't already know her? Right. Right? Yes. And you, yes. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have, is what I'm saying. Um, so then, basically, the way he gets caught, sorry, I... Uh, I should have left Sephora earlier and organized this part better. <laughs> I find the thing. The, oh, it's on this. The way he, uh, the way he gets caught is... Um, wait takes, for it. He takes, he takes he said, a, wait for it. <laughs> he takes a girl back to the same quality inn in Hasburg Heights where the body was found under the bed. And, um, but this time... He, there were reports of a woman screaming. Finally, someone was paying attention. Get it together. And uh, they, when the cops come in, there's a man trying to calmly walk out as if he doesn't. Yeah, look, I'm just here at the Quality Inn, chilling. Um, just on vacay, the Quality yeah. Inn. 
I just like to come over here and just think, just get my thoughts together yeah. at the QI. They have free Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi's not a thing yet. What are you talking about? It's not a thing. Um, so basically the cops get him and then when they go into the room, they find a girl handcuffed, hysterical, and she's been tortured for a long time. But they, there's finally a survivor that can tell everybody, this fucking motherfucker that you think is some normal guy that works at Blue Shield Blue Cross is actually this insane serial killer. Wow. So, <clears throat> Uh, so when they search Cottingham's home, they find a trophy room containing personal effects from several of the murdered sex workers, and um, they, they're actually, he had actually been arrested twice in the early 70s that, that nobody knew about that. That, was, that would never come up. And so, yeah, he had uh, personal things that, that connected him. There was no way it couldn't have been him. I feel like trophy rooms, like, if they're for serial killers or for fucking children, they're, like, they suck either way. Yeah. You know what That's I mean? very like, true. Even though it's a legit trophy room, like, best bowler or whatever the fuck, yes. it's, like, fucking stupid. Well, I th- yeah, they're very connected. Like, I think they, they bring out the same thing in people. Like, it's like, You're, look, look at my thing. Like, can like, you just be happy? It's right. over. Yeah. You did it already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll cut to the chase. In May of 1981, he was convicted on 15 felony counts related to the murder of Valerie Street. Um, And he drew a sentence of 173 to 197 years in prison. And then a year later, he was convicted on second-degree murder charges for Marianne Carr, and that added another 20 years to his life. And... uh, That is how sentencing is fucking done. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was just reading the last uh, paragraph. Yep, it sure is. Oh. It totally... Oh, there was just this list of... um, This is what he was indicted on. This is what the person read in court. Kidnapping, attempted murder, aggravated assault, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, aggravated sexual assault while armed, aggravated sexual assault while armed. Oh, the first one was rape, the second was was sodomy, aggravated a sexual assault while armed, that was fellatio, possession of a weapon, possession of controlled dangerous substances, secobarbital and amobarbital or tuinol, and possession of controlled dangerous substance, diazepam or valium. In other words, he was the total package. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's Richard Cottington, Cottingham, the the torso killer. Yay! Jamie, do you want to go... I would feel weird going last. Do you want to go last? Sure. Okay. Is that okay? Because I don't want to, like... I don't want to, like, wrap it up, like, because... And then Georgia goes. So let's have Jamie go last. Okay. Is that cool? Do it, yeah. We go. Okay. Totally. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. 
Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Okay. All right. And so, okay. I really, I really, this murder's really fucked up, but I got really scared that someone in here knows the victim so I apologize I I just apologize constantly that's basically what I do okay so Annette St. Gian anyone 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 no okay good like Uh, they're gonna say I mean yeah oh yeah that's my aunt okay so (laughs) Annette Annette was born in Boston and in 2003 she enrolled in the John Jay criminal College of Criminal Justice, which is a SUNY SUNY college in Manhattan. Um, they couldn't come up with anything more than John Jay Criminal Criminal Justice College. <laughs> but I, I don't know who he is. Um, John Jay Criminal Justice, Justice College. His <laughs> name is my name nobody's is. name. <laughs> Let's name the college. <laughs> so she was going to pursue. Basically, she's one of us. She was going to pursue a master's degree in criminal justice. So like immediately, we won't have a drink with her and fucking hang out with her, right? Um, She was one of the top 5% of her class and she was supposed to graduate in May 2006. And so in February 2006, she goes to celebrate her birthday with her friend Claire. They go out, they're at a nightclub. It's always a friend Claire. Claire. Claire, oh God. I'm not saying her last name on purpose because I feel fucking bad for this girl. I really do. I'm definitely a piece of shit for saying She tried. So 3.30, which by the way, this fucking 4 a.m. shit, like you can stay out till 4 a.m. in New York. Fuck, no. What the fuck? terrible idea. It is kind of around the witching hour. It's You've like, got to be careful. Like, stay f- as far away from dawn as possible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Party till 11.45 and go Great. home. Great. <laughs> but, you know, she's a baby. So um, they go to a nightclub to celebrate her birthday, and then the Claire's like, let's get the fuck out of here. I called a cab. And then Emmett's like, I'm staying out. And they're like, I'm going to burp. Hold on. <laughs> Then Emmette, no, no. Those are loyal fans. They're like, let it out, Georgia. (laughs) Do you? It's terrible. I don't want this to be me. It also sounded like a kind of like a car. If somebody wrote out a cartoon burp, where it's like, yeah, (laughs) like Tim the Tool Man Taylor. (laughs) That's me. Um, So like, fucking Claire's like, get in the fucking cab, and Emmett's like, no, bitch, I'm staying out, and like. We've all done it. We've all done it. You always listen to Claire. And at 3.50, Claire calls her and is like, are you okay? And and, uh, and Matt's like, I am going to this bar called The Falls. It's at 4 a.m. You do? You know this one? I heard. That was a good stage whisper. (laughs) Okay. So the next evening, they're like, where the fuck is Emmett? Like, she's fucking missing a shit. And so someone, an anonymous caller, calls the Brooklyn police and is like, I saw a fucking dead woman's body. Yeah. Uh, Does anyone know where Fountain Street and Spring Creek Park is? Nope. No, that's a, that was a big whoop. Uh, and it turns out that it's fucking Emmett St. Gian. Gian. Okay, you guys, this sucks. Uh, she's nude and wrapped in a comforter. Mm. 
Her fucking fingernails are broken, showing that she fought as fuck, which, like, get a girl. No. Um, hands and feet tied. Oh, sock in her fucking mouth. Like, hair had been cut off. Yes. Yes. Beaten, sexually assaulted. That was Vidal Sassoon. How dare. She's like, what kind of cut? The Rachel? In that whole list, she's upset about the hair. Can I go on about how she Would was you fucking please? murdered? Yeah, I know, I know. Stop? I know. This is the whole problem. And she died of asphyxiation, and I don't even want to tell you about the fact that she had, it was because she had packing tape wrapped around her poor yeah. sweet face. Uh, according to the forensic psychologist, she, the forensic psychologist said that the killer tried to dehumanize her completely. When you hide someone's face, it means that you don't want to see them as a human being. You want to pretend they're just an object. And haircutting too, I think, is part of that, right? Where it's like it's it's something aggressively male to cut a woman's hair, which sounds so stupid, but like I think when you're a fucking murderer, it's true. Yes? No? Yeah. Thoughts? Feelings? Well, it's also a weird thing because it's like, he's like, I want to murder humans, yeah. but like, I don't want to murder a human. It's like, what? Make your mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Freaking shifty um, weird. I want to murder humans, but I also like to cut hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the last time that Emmet had been seen, she uh, was with one of the bouncers at this bar called The Falls, and this this bartender had been asked to escort her out of this bar before closing, and then another bar, another bouncer saw her talking to her in front of the bar. Um, so the, the dude, the fucking, the bouncer was an ex-con, had spent more than 12 years in prison for drug possession and robbery, and he was on parole, which means he shouldn't have gotten a fucking job, being, but they didn't do any background checks on him. He wasn't a licensed security guard. He Staying out past curfew was a parole violation. Like, he shouldn't have fucking been hired. Okay, but the dude who owned the fucking bar, whose name was Dorian, he, he didn't want... He said that he had never, he didn't see her, he didn't know who she was, and later admitted that he knew who she was, and he said he didn't want to get involved because years earlier, his father's bar had suffered poor publicity and lawsuits after a patron was murdered. A different bar, guess what fucking bar it is, guess what fucking murder is. The one guess uptown, what? the Upper East Side there one? Preppy Dorian's. murders, the fucking preppy murders. Yeah. What? What the fuck are the chances? Sorry. Wait, the guy so that owns the falls. His Dorian's, father owned Dorian's Dorian. uh, red, red hand, right? Red, red hand. Dorian's red hand, right? Which we've covered. They're just yelling all kinds of stuff. <laughs> if you've listened to this for I've a little bit. I've been to that bar. Have you really? I have. I was, I was very sad there. It sounds I, sad. Preppy guys don't hit on me. Anyways, it's my own struggle. <laughs> Let's go back to the girl who died. You should be glad about not getting hit on at that fucking bar. Okay, so the owner is the fucking same dude. Yeah, crazy, right? Um, so the dude, the fucking, uh, the bouncer, whose name now, okay, I'm going to say his name is Daryl Littlejohn. His basement apartment is searched in Queens, and uh, carpet fibers are found that match her on the adhesive tape, uh, blood and skin matching. Littlejohn's DNA are found on the plastic ties, mm. and uh, also from a snowbrush found next to the body. So, like, I don't know how he bled. I heard something about, like, a, a nosebleed, but I'm like, why would you get a fucking nosebleed? Like, I don't understand how that happens. Yeah, you're like a murderer, but you're also like kind of a geek. You're like, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, we or know. Coke 
cokehead. She scratched the shit out of your face. Oh, okay. cokehead actually makes sense. Oh, yeah. Cokehead makes make sense. Way more if you're sense. a bouncer, I'm so sorry, bouncers, but and especially like in 2006, you're a fucking cokehead. Careful, careful. Hey. Okay. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. Da, 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 da. Bunch of old shits found on, on the DNA. It fucking matches as fuck. And then um, additional evidence. And they're like, ping the fucking towers, which is like the new DNA, I feel like. Um, you know what I'm saying? And then traces of GHB were found in her system, which is not a punk band. It's a date rape drug. So the fucking bar owner says, like, I don't know, I didn't see her. And then then he later says he didn't want to get involved. And But a bunch of people were like, he has ties, his family has ties to Rudy Giuliani. So a lot of people are like, this is actually the killer, but he's got it covered up. And he was being framed, and the other dude was being framed to protect Rudy Giuliani's family, who was like running for shit at the time. Okay, so, um, don't say what, it makes me feel like I'm fucking up. Don't say what. Okay, so, no. We can hear every word. (laughs) No, we really can. Okay, all right. They had gotten poor publicity after the fucking Dorian's red hand. Um, And then. Okay, so he. mm, mm, mm. Okay, so finally Dorian admits what he saw that night. And here, ready for a fucking piece of shit? Okay. He says, There was a young lady sitting at the bar who didn't want to leave. I told her it was time to leave, and she said, I'll leave when I'm finished with my drink, says fucking Annette, which is like, yes, girl. And then he says, Either finish it or I'm going to pour it out. And so she finishes it. Then he says she was just getting up to leave and I told little John, Daryl little John, to escort her out. Which is like, call a fucking cab. You've never done any fucking background check on this dude. Like, you don't know who this person is and you're sending her out in the fucking world as a drunk person. Well, it's the bouncer, though. To them, they're just like, send him out with the bouncer. Yeah. I mean, I would trust a bouncer. I I would ask a bouncer to walk me to my car. Yes. That's what sucks about it. They're not not drinking. They're fucking big and nice. They're the overlords. They've got broad shoulders. They're very cool. Trustworthy shoulders. Fucking low-key individuals that sit on stools. Yeah. Like, like, they don't want to be there. They're like, like, bunch of drunk dickheads that they have to fucking do it. Like, uh, yes, I get it. Um, So the other bouncer named Tim said that uh, Emmett was slurring her words and that she had been slumped over at the bar. But then he was just like, bye, and like walked in the other direction. Like he just left them. And then, then Dorian said that he saw them. He saw uh, Emmett and Little John fighting outside. Okay, so. He gets arrested, he gets fucking uh, charged with all this shit, and then his defense attorney says that Dorian, the fucking bar owner, might have been the real killer, and that maybe little John was fucking bringing women back to the club to, like, as a thing, but, like, clearly not. Um, Oh, so they, like, float a conspiracy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Because that doesn't seem unlikely, uh -uh. the other... The yeah, things well, I've heard about Dorian's red hand. Yeah, but he also said he he told police that he had been banged up after a quarrel with his girlfriend a couple days after her body was found. It's like why are why are you beat up? Right? That's like yeah. the first thing you look for. Yeah. Okay. So uh, they they never investigated him. Um, okay. So the bar closes. It loses its liquor license, and Little John is sentenced to twenty five years to life in prison. Um, 
Okay, so okay, so the judge says not one of these people spared a thought to the wisdom of sending an intoxicated young woman out into the deserted streets of Manhattan at 4 a.m. If only one of them had the common decency to call a cab, taxi, we might not have, we might not be there here in this courtroom, which is like Ugh. so fucking true, right? Like. You, yes. You're responsible it's at true. that point. It is true. It's super true. It's very, very true. True, I mean, true, true. If you're going to own a bar and not take responsibility for a fucking alone woman slumped at a bar and just send her out. Well, but, and the other thing is that it's that thing of like being overserved or did you drink too much? Right. Like if you go to a bar, you have to be careful. And I think, I mean, it's just that thing of like you can't just trust the the bouncer. No. You can't just trust that other people will take care of you. It'd be nice, yeah, but it might not happen. And whether or not the bouncer just walks her out and lets her leave, like he might not be a murderer, but he also the bar owner, the bartender should be aware of that she's being at least somewhat taken care of. And yeah, she could be fucking drugged, and we don't know that. Like it's so easy these days. Watch your drinks, you guys. <laughs> you know. Well, Tonight. also the funny Tonight. thing is, like, and these days, then you're super drunk, and they watch you get into an Uber, which is a car that fuck? a stranger is driving. Yeah. Like, who knows who that yes. fucking guy is? It's just organized hitchhiking. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that was great. It's true. Where is this female-only Uber we've been promised? <laughs> I keep hearing about it, and I fucking want it. So did you make that up? No, it's a thing. <laughs> There's, like, a new... It's supposed to be, like, women driving women only. And, like, or, like, if, if you're a woman and you're with a dude, it's okay, but you have to be a woman. Like, and it's women... Drivers, good night. Huh? Okay. I'm not. On, I need to get on that email chain. Well, you don't need to be because it's not. I've heard about it for two years and it's not happening. Oh, okay. But it should be. All right. So let that dream go. Let it go. Okay. Let it go. You're gonna get. We're gonna get. Okay. Uh, so then, uh, while he's being fucking uh, arrested and tried, another woman comes forward because she sees his fucking face on TV and is like, "That's the dude who fucking." Uh, dressed like a police officer, handcuffed me, and fucking sexually assaulted me. They linked the DNA. It, it was him. He was a fucking uh, repeat sex assault. Serial rapist? Yep, there you go. Mm. Uh, uh, thank you. Yes. And then. It's like then Joe I, Pesci in Home Alone, but like so much worse. Yeah, like not charming. <sighs> Sorry, I just watched that movie. It's Less very fresh charming. on my brain. <laughs> I'm just trying to tie it back to Christmas. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's a holiday classic. So, Sorry, it's very serious. <laughs> Is it? Um, another fucking woman's like, that dude fucking did that to me. And then, uh, and she said that, this other woman said that he wrapped her face up almost exactly mm -hmm. like he did to this poor fucking baby girl I met. Okay, so the good news of all of that <laughs> is that in 2007, New York enacted a law requiring security cameras at the entrances and exits of all the 200 <laughs> uh, nightclubs that held a cabaret license, which is so charming. Just like jazz hands. Yeah. If you're yes. doing jazz hands, you got to get that Using camera. Using a stool as a prop. <laughs> it almost makes you think like that they have clean bathrooms and you fucking know they don't. Yeah. You know, like you yeah. can't call it a cabaret and it's like graffiti bathrooms with no fucking thing. 
My parents, my parents owned a rock club, and um, they had something in Dallas, Texas, oh. where I grew up, and uh, they they had a thing called a dance hall license, and I always oh. thought it was so funny to call it a dance hall because it's like <laughs> you a fucking guar, you know, like <laughs> literally like spraying like fake semen and blood yes. on the audience, and it's like we've got a dance hall. It's like, <laughs> no. Come well, on, CBG. It's a CBG. Semen hangout. And then, sorry to say, semen hangout. <laughs> no, we have to say it once every episode, or they, they just, they, it doesn't happen. So they have to, they have to have uh, fucking videos, and the club owners agree to a vol- voluntary guidelines. So they scan all of the identifications, so like they know who comes in and out, and they have to screen them for fucking weapons, which has never happened to me in my life. When I've gone into it. Has that happened to you? I mean, oh, I get stuff. patted down all the time. Yeah, I really do. And they also have to provide more care in dealing with intoxicated female patrons who are alone, which is great. So, and then Boston did the same thing. And then also John Jay College of Criminal Justice, they they started an Emmet Saint Guion scholarship for second year students at the at the college and. Um, yeah. And then they've also created a Spirit of a Met Foundation intended to support education for underprivileged children. And then that motherfucker, Daryl Little John, is in jail forever. Thank fuck. Prison forever. Thank fucking God. That was nice. That was a good ending. Thank you. That was a real up ending. <laughs> That's right. the shitty Little John, not the fun one that says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little John. Is that yeah. what he does? Am I gonna, is yeah, that right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's oh, not that one. It's not that one. Okay, guys. All right. Man, here we go. I know. Um, thank you, guys. Three. I really appreciate the support. It's a lot of press, you know? It's a lot of press. Yeah. yeah. We've got these two experts. Um, <laughs> yeah. I sounded <laughs> sarcastic. It was 100% not. Um, <laughs> I, you both told me <laughs> that I should do, you're like, oh, we're doing a show in New York, so maybe do a New York murder and uh, I didn't <laughs> I just straight up was like no um, <laughs> I do what I want I do I'm what Jamie I want Lee. because it's loose I thought about uh, the title of the podcast is my favorite murder and I was like oh I'm gonna be honest so I want to do le- what is legitimately right now my very favorite murder so um, uh, without further ado this is the murder of Dee Dee Blanchard oh, yeah yeah Hey. Okay. So good. Uh, oh, man. It gets so good. Okay. So on June 14th, 2015, in Springfield, Missouri, 48-year-old Dee Dee was found dead in her home covered in stab wounds. <laughs> Why? How? Who would do such a thing? I will let you know very shortly. <laughs> Okay, so here's the deal. Dee Dee Blanchard, um, she uh, was described as a quote-unquote large, affable-looking person, which she reinforced by dressing in bright, cheerful colors. She had, this is a real fun detail. Do you ever think, sorry, but do you ever think about, I think my greatest fear is to find out how people describe me. I never, ever want to know. I don't care. But God forbid, God for fucking bid. Large, affable, bright, cheery colors. I mean, I would never leave the house again. I'd be like, oh, please just murder me because I don't want to know that detail. I went, someone once told me in junior high, like, what some, who's, like, they said I had mousy brown hair. <gasps> and it changed my fucking hair. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hence the fucking bob. You can't have mousy hair. Fucking mousy. I don't understand that, that descriptor. What does that even mean? Well, the bitch who told me that someone said that <laughs> clearly was a fucking cunt. <laughs> right? 
is what that means. That's, That's what, what that it means. means. That's what it means. Here's another horrifying detail. She had curly brown hair. She liked to hold back with ribbons. Oh, like never cheer good. squad. Dude. Yeah, like never she's good. at the Ren Fair. <laughs> Just but every day, woven throughout her braid crown, <laughs> eating a turkey leg. <laughs> okay. Um, she uh, she could so Dee Dee could make friends quickly and inspire deep devotion in people. She did not have a job, but instead served as a full time caretaker for her daughter Gypsy Rose, who was her Ooh. disabled teenage daughter. So she didn't have a job; she was just a, a caretaker for Gypsy Rose. I'm busy. That's what she said. Yeah. I would just like to say that when I was little, my grandmother, who apparently was a flapper, um, uh, used to if we. I was kind of a nudist when I was young, so I'd like get out of the bathtub and I would just run around the house. I thought it was really funny, and it would like everyone would yell and chase me, and it was a good way to get attention. And my grandma, anytime I did something like that, my grandma would go, "Look at you, it's Gypsy Rose Lee," because she was a famous stripper. Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, she was Gypsy a 1920s vaudeville star turned stripper, and she was also the inspiration for the Broadway show Gypsy. Oh. Fun fact: <laughs> Dee Dee didn't even know that. She just liked the name Gypsy Rose. No. She didn't even lying. know that she's like, oh, my stripper daughter. No, she didn't even know. <laughs> she didn't even know. She just was like, those words go together well. That, so that's like naming your daughter like Tawny on the pole. I mean, like, that's a, that's I mean, a like, stripper name. I just think name. on the pole is a really beautiful that is a gorgeous middle name. name. On the pole. On the pole. <laughs> okay, so that's Dee Dee Blanchard, our murder victim. Um, her daughter, Gypsy Rose, let me tell you a little bit about her. Uh, she was small, frail, and pale for a 19-year-old. Um, she wore big glasses, was confine confined to a wheelchair, had a feeding tube, no hair, was missing several teeth, and spoke with a childlike voice. Mm. Okay, I know. Hold on. <laughs> so if you asked Dee Dee what was wrong with her daughter, she would list off lots of ailments. Uh, chromosomal, chromosomal, that mm -hmm. is a word. Chromosomal defects, muscular, muscular, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but okay. Um, chromosomal defects, muscular dystrophy, epilepsy, eye problems, and also Gypsy had leukemia as a toddler. Okay. So, so many things. Dee Dee, Dee Dee said that Gypsy had, quote unquote, the mind of a seven-year-old, and that's why she was homeschooled for her whole life, because she would not thrive in a normal public school setting. I mean, that's all of us. Am I wrong? Yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm like, who's well-adjusted? Um, <laughs> who thrives at public school? Yeah, yeah. No one. Um, so uh, they were in Springfield, Missouri, and like everyone else around them in the neighborhood, Dee Dee and Gypsy's house had been built by Habitat for Humanity. Um, it had amenities for Gypsy, such as a ramp up to the door, a, ju a jacuzzi tub to help with Gypsy's muscles. And um, this is a weird detail. Since Gypsy was too sick to ever go out, Dee Dee would project movies on the side of the house for other people in the neighborhood to come and see, and then she would charge a 
small fee <laughs> because she was like, it's cheaper than a multiplex. And, uh, and then those, that, that, uh, the proceeds would go to um, Gypsy's uh, treatments. She charged a small fee for the movie, but the popcorn was still $14. <laughs> She's like, it's still $5 Dasani. I hope that's okay. <laughs> it's very worth it. It's very delicious Can I water. pay for that jacuzzi? Because that sounds fucking nice. I yeah. Um, so... Okay, so Dee Dee had told one of the neighbors, a woman named Amy, P- Amy, I'm sorry guys, I'm like, uh, can't no. speak. Okay, a woman named Amy Pinnegar that uh, she and Gypsy moved from Louisiana to Springfield, Missouri because back in Louisiana, Gypsy's grandfather would put cigarettes out on her and that Gypsy's dad was no longer in the picture because he was an alcoholic disaster. So all of the neighbors felt terrible for them, totally sympathized, empathized, loved them and thought they were like the sweetest people they had ever met and wanted to do anything they could to help the family. Which is why Red flag. <laughs> on June 14th, 2015, it was such a shock when a post went up under Dee Dee and Gypsy's shared Facebook account. Uh, what? I what? Mean, what do we what? do? No. What do we do? We're sharing no. Facebook? <laughs> Fuck no. Disgusting. Get your own. <laughs> Red flags of problems. Yeah. Serious ones. Okay, so a, a post went up on the Facebook that was very alarming. It said, The bitch is dead in all caps. Okay? Okay, so then friends. Which bitch? Okay. Friends began to comment. Obviously, they were like, We've never heard you talk like that, Gypsy. I guess they, they just assumed it's Gypsy. They're like, We've never heard you talk like that. Oh my God, you must have been hacked. Maybe we should call the police. As comments flooded the page, another post went up. Okay, it said, and I quote, I fucking slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet, innocent daughter. Her scream was so fucking loud, LOL. By the way, fucking was spelled F-U-C-K-E-N, which honestly stresses me out more than the content. (laughs) (laughs) It's not okay. Unless you're mad E-N? at someone yeah, named Ken. It's not and chicken. Like, then it makes sense. Fucking. It's fuck not fucking. Ken. Just stop fried fucking. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so a few hours later, the police got a search warrant, and they went in the house, and they found Dee Dee Blanchard face down on her bed, covered in stab wounds, and concluded that she had been dead for several days. And Gypsy was missing, okay? Uh-huh. And all of the neighbors thought Gypsy was likely dead, too, because without the care of her mother, how could she even function? Like, she's so dependent on her mother's care, there's no way um, that she could survive on her own. Okay. But then, remember our friend Amy Penniger, the, do- uh, the uh, neighbor? Well, her daughter, Aaliyah, had some info. She was like a big sister to Gypsy, um, but unfortunately, they were rarely alone together as Gypsy's mother was always by her side and very overprotective. So when Gypsy wanted to have real talk and confide in Aaliyah, it was through a secret Facebook account under the name Emma Rose. And Aaliyah told the cops that Gypsy had met a guy named Nicholas Godijon on a Christian singles site. <laughs> Quality men. I'm kidding. You probably are. There's so many things I want to talk about. I know, oh, I know. I know. This case is 
so loaded. This like, is an insanely problematic episode. Yeah. Just yes. every direction yes. is problematic. Okay, so she met Nicholas Godejohn on a crystal... Si- uh, crystal. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> on a crystal Christian. I had, like, half a Red Bull vodka, and I'm like, woo! Um, okay, uh, on a Christian single site, she'd been communicating with him for two years and was totally in love with him. Okay, but here's the thing. Let's hear it. But I'm just saying, and maybe this is sour grapes, but it's like, so she's bald, doesn't have teeth, and lives with her mother, and shares her mother's Facebook account, but she can get a boyfriend. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, no, please. I thought the same thing, and I'm so glad you said it. Sorry. I'm sorry. Sour grapes. But I'm so like, but if she's two years, like, do you fucking like, two weeks, dude? I know. Like, let's fucking meet up. All right, go ahead. Sorry. No, I had an even worse thought, which I'm gonna say. Do it. Which is she's missing teeth, which is probably great for blowjobs. <laughs> anyway. Oh my god. Jamie Lee at gmail.com. Go ahead and. Try <laughs> I don't know. If that's true. It's so smooth. Ah, I can't stop. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> okay, so. Okay, so the police put a trace on those Facebook posts and the IP address linked to Nicholas Go to John's house in Wisconsin. The police went there and it was a quick surrender. Nicholas came out of the house and Gypsy walked out after him. Not wheeled out, but walked out. It's a miracle. <laughs> what oh the so God. many fucks? Christmas miracle. <laughs> it's a Christian dating site miracle. Miracle. Uh, plenty of fish. <laughs> Is that a but thing? those fish don't have feet because evolution ain't real. <laughs> not real. <laughs> okay. All right, so it turned out, guys, that, in fact, Gypsy hadn't used a wheelchair from the moment she left her house a few days earlier. She didn't need a fucking wheelchair. She could walk just fine. There was nothing wrong with her muscles, and she had no medication or oxygen tank. She's fine. Her head had simply been shaved all of her life to make her appear ill. It was all a fraud, she told the police. All of it. Every last bit, her mother had made her do it. Dee Dee Blanchard had Munchausen by proxy. Oh, everyone's favorite thing. A classic, classic disease. Just how Munchausen. I wrote here. Best. I wrote here. Munchausen by proxy is the cheaper clothing line by designer proxy. (laughs) Proxy is at Barney's. Munchausen is at Kohl's. Jamie's cracking up at her own hilarious joke. Wait, Dude, it, this is why we. This I, is why she was like, "Can we have Jamie Lee?" And I was like, "Fuck yeah, we have yeah. Jamie Lee as a guest." <laughs> so you put on this shirt and you're like, oh, "I don't know, I feel kind of sick." <laughs> the shirt is poisoning you slowly. I feel like I want to hurt my baby I when I know, wear this. This shirt is making me feel crazy. <laughs> Does everyone know what Munchausen by proxy is? Okay. For anyone who is listening, just a quick sentence. MBP is a mental health problem in which a caregiver makes up or causes illness in a person under his or her care. Um, And it is a form of child child, child (laughs) abuse or elder abuse. Okay. So the couple posted to Facebook because um, Gypsy felt guilty and she wanted the police to find her mother's body sooner. Um, Gypsy was in the closet while Nicholas was stabbing her and Gypsy Mm -hmm. also reportedly tried to clean up some of the blood with baby wipes after the killing. So the cleanuping the cleanuping of the blood is what I was gonna say. <laughs> yes. It's such a weird like you're gonna kill someone, why would you like cleaning it up is such a personal thing, right? Yeah. Like that means you're 
your caretaking. Yes, and also right? with baby wipes. That's just dumb. Oh, yeah, so inefficient. <laughs> and I also, mean, it's stupid. I mean, it's a stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid, stupid. idiot. I mean, come on. We all know Brawny is the quicker picker. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Lee, she'll be at the Stress Factory in October. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh. Okay. Um, right. So, uh, okay. So, sentencing. Uh, Nick Godajohn is still awaiting a trial, but Gypsy pled guilty to second-degree murder as Nick is the one who did the stabbing. Did he admit to that? Mm, do we know if he's Yeah, like, he yeah. did. No, he did. He okay. admitted to okay. it. Yeah. Um, and she is eligible for parole in seven years. And here she <laughs> <laughs> Rolls out, then stands up. Oh my god! (laughs) My favorite Munchausen. Oh my god! (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) She's like Gene Wilder and Willy Wonka. She just like does a flip. She's like just fucking with you. (laughs) Sing! I have a chocolate fountain. So, uh, okay, so just to clue you guys in, uh, Gypsy had been texting with Nicholas for years. They had been communicating uh, through this, like, secret account. And the crazy thing is Nick had no history of violence. Um, The only thing he did have on his record was Uh he was caught masturbating in McDonald's in 2013. We all do. It's no big deal. I get it. Those fries make me horny, too. That's never been caught. It's That's just the only difference. Oh, sorry, you know what? Wait, when I, the McRib comes oh. back... Oh, wait, go ahead, like, go ahead. It's a reason to celebrate the McRib. I actually, I just want to say, I don't yeah. know if he was masturbating, but he was definitely watching porn at McDonald's. Sorry, That's what's this? very different. <laughs> it's almost worse. <laughs> yeah, you're he not brings jerking off. Lap. You're just like, this is my chosen entertainment. Oh. Um, it's like, finish the job, Nick. Um, anyways... <laughs> So how did DD scam everybody for so long? It's pretty interesting. People um, are stupid. Yeah. I mean, seriously, DD did work for a little bit as a nurse's aide, so she had a knack for remembering medical terminology and spitting it back. Um, not only did she fool doctors, though, she also fooled charities. They got free flights from a volunteer. Volunteer. Fuck. Violent. What is happening to my mouth and my brain? <laughs> no, this is normal. A this volunteer is my favorite pilots organization. Um, they also stayed at a lodge for cancer patients and I don't know what that is. Ronald McDonald? I don't know. Um, it's like a lodge. Um, and then also got free trips to Disney World. Oh, Here's that. where it gets fucking real dark, guys. Um, the abuse that Gypsy uh, incurred over her life, um, here are some of the things her mother made her do. Her mother had her salivary glands injected with Botox, then removed them because her mother complained that she drooled too much. (gasps) She also had her eyes operated on because of quote-unquote weakness. She had a feeding tube implanted and the reason that she was missing teeth was because her mother made her take seizure medication and it made her teeth fall out. That she didn't need. She didn't need. She didn't need anything. She's perfectly healthy. (sighs) So um, there were two instances, well there was probably more than two instances, but there were two that I researched of doctors being like, what's going on here? But then nothing came to fruition, um, which is very sad. In 2007, a pediatric neurologist named Dr. Flasterstein (laughs) That's racist. Bullshit. (laughs) 
asked Gypsy to stand up, and she did with no problem. And then he told Dee Dee, like, oh, she should be walking. But then he didn't report it as abuse. But he was suspicious, and now he's apparently, like, very mad at himself for never reporting it, because he was kind of on Damn you, it. flaster scene, he says every night. <laughs> yeah. He can't look himself in the, he was in flaster. the flaster scene. Um, <laughs> flustered, flaster. Okay, stop talking, Jamie, but keep talking. Finish keep the story. talking, Jamie. Okay, uh, in 2009, someone made an anonymous call to the Springfield Police Department to do a quote-unquote wellness check mm. on Gypsy, where the police said, oh, so the police went to the house, and uh, they spoke to Dee Dee, and they're like, why are there so many different names and addresses for you and Gypsy? Because they, uh, Dee Dee would frequently change her first name, her last name. I think it was like, I read something where it was like, sometimes she'd be like, Claudine, and then she'd be like, Dee, and then she was Dee Dee. Like, she was always kind of making these small tweaks to her first and last name. I feel like that call was coming from inside the house. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> um, and Dee Dee said that the reason she did that was because she was um, trying to avoid an abusive ex-husband. More on that in just a minute. Um, Dee Dee changed her... Oh, I already said that. Okay, cool. So um, this is what else is... This is fucking crazy. So when Gypsy went to prison, she told the police she was only 19, but she was actually 23. So oh like, God, she too. didn't even know what was real and what was being fed to her um, through a tube. Sorry. Oh. Um, uh, Alright, we're fine. Anyways. <laughs> Thank you, one lone clap. It's Dee Dee. There she is. Holy shit. Um, yeah, okay, so she didn't know her own age because of her mother's disgusting brainwashing. Okay, also, Gypsy's father, his name's Rod. <laughs> Rod was not a psycho alcoholic deadbeat. Um, he always sent $1,200 a month in child support Shit. for Gypsy and visited on occasion. Uh, he had his own family and he still was like in touch with them and trying to help them. I didn't write this down, so um, I just want to say for Corrections Corner, there might be some corrections. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, so Rod uh, impregnated Dee Dee really? when he was only, I believe, 17 years old and she was like 24. So he just, he was just like, I like don't love you. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry I got you pregnant. And like, it was just kind of this mistake. And then she, they ended up breaking up and then she ended up having the baby and like he moved on and had his own family, but he still was like paying for her. Like yeah. he wasn't not assuming responsibility. I don't fully know the ins and outs of um, Rod and the relationship with the family, but I do know that financially he was paying what he needed to pay. Wow. Cool. <laughs> so um, this is where it gets, this is actually how it kind of becomes, um, uh, there's a sort of a nice ending to this story. Oh, um, oh, yeah, that's fun. I mean, relatively speaking, um, don't cream your pants, hold on. <laughs> so Ew. Gypsy, I know, I've never said that out loud, and I just did now. Um, it's first time for everything. Um, so Gypsy in prison is actually, uh, she claims that she is feeling freer than she ever did under her mother's care and um, dude you're not fucking in a wheelchair yeah, for fake yeah your mom's not standing behind you all the time yeah right Pulling so uh, Michelle Dean is a journalist and she wrote this really amazing article about this story for BuzzFeed and she went to visit Gypsy in prison and said that she speaks beautifully she uh, is very eloquent she is not quote unquote slow in the least and this was a quote um, from 
uh, well, I guess Gypsy told this to Michelle. Michelle said, she wants people to know that this wasn't a situation where a girl killed her mom to be with her boyfriend. This was a situation of a girl trying to escape abuse. In prison, she's hoping to join all sorts of programs and to help people. She wants to write a book to help others in her situation. It's and called this, Orange is the New Black. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> And then this is the last quote from Gypsy. I think she, uh, referring to Dee Dee, her mom, I think she would have been the perfect mom for someone that was actually sick, but I'm not sick. Oh. There's that big difference. Oy, yeah. I mean, oh, <laughs> can I just tell you one last thing? Please yeah. do. So I, I just started looking, I tried I try to find like YouTube clips of different neighbors and stuff being like outraged. And one woman had like one of those like Nancy Grace level, like thick accents where she's like, oh my God, you know? <laughs> She literally, because all the neighbors were so blindsided. Yeah. They were like, what? What's happening? She's not sick. I thought this girl was sick. And then one of the girls goes, her name is not Blanchard. It's Blanchard. She added the E. <laughs> she just wants her movie night money back, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's a woman who paid too much for the neighborhood movie. That's hilarious. That was great, Jamie. Jamie. Awesome. She nailed that shit. Should we bring out our special... Yeah, we have some very special guests for you right now from last podcast on the left. Yeah. It's Ben Kissel, it's Henry Sabrowski, oh, and it's Marcus you. Park. murder hey guys hey hail satan it's so nice to be here um so my hometown murder i'm from woodhaven queens new york city um and uh, i was obsessed with the zodiac copy killer uh, eddie seda um which was in 1990 he shot a bunch of people and then he shot a bunch of people again in 1993 um and basically he got he personally was obsessed with the zodiac killer and what happened was that he was uh, his sister had a bit of the downs and he got really mad because she was hanging out with a bunch of drug dealers and he got mad he shot her in the ass and she lived and this is true and ever since then he got mad at people that he considered to be disrespectable that's what he called them in his head. And then he uh, would shoot people. He wanted to shoot every a person for every uh, sign of the Zodiac. And then he wrote letters to the cops. And then when he got caught, it was because he licked all the stamps on his letters. So he well, is got, currently he in jail. For the same reason George Costanza's wife died. Yes. Although that was an envelope, yes. not quite the stamp. But I think a similar image. Similar or, image. Uh, you know, liquid or whatever the hell it is. Uh, very cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a good wrap up. Yeah, he didn't. He wasn't as successful as the first Zodiac killer. Absolutely not. Oh, not at all. Because success, in my mind, for a killer is not getting caught. Oh, the the most successful killer is probably in this room. We have, oh, my, I actually well, she just rose her, raised her hand. He so. could possibly be your grandfather. <laughs> well, grandfather was a part of the German it. army during 1945. Ben's grandfather was a Nazi. Yeah, it's fine though. It's that's that, that is true. But oh he was just God. a very good national. He loved Germany. <laughs> 
All right. A guy does what he's got to do in the early 40s. Bye, My guys. grandmother <laughs> is just the best. Peter, do you have a hometown you want to talk about? All right. Yeah. I, well, this is not quite my hometown. I'm from Stevens Point, Wisconsin, and certainly we have a lot of trash and murders that happen there, but nobody cares. Uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Go Pack. They won today. Hello. Um, all right. There was the, anyone from Wisconsin here? No. No, absolutely not. And they won't admit it if they are, because they don't want to be singled out. Thin and educated, then. Very good to know here. Um, all right, so there's this guy. His name was Keith Kutzka, and he murdered this dude who worked at the Green Bay Paper Mill. And the fact that he worked at the Green Bay Paper Mill, that should be the saddest thing in your life. Um, that sounds but like it, a Hardy Boys book. Green, what? The Green Bay Paper Mill. Oh, my God, yeah. That's when you spit confetti out of your asshole in another person's face. <laughs> I always oh, love yes. to play Green Bay Party Mill, and no one knows what's that. I'll be like, I'll show you. And But of course, you have to eat the confetti, so it takes about four hours. Yes, <laughs> yes, and um, a confetti casserole. It's yeah. a long process. So this guy was murdered. His name is Tim Monfils by this guy, Keith Kutzka, okay? And the reason he was killed was because Keith had some electrical problems around his house, and he worked at the same paper mill, so he tried to steal a 10 to 15 foot. They never clarify what the footage is. It's 10 to 15. So I'm going to say it's a 12.5 foot I, I think that's a good, that's a good estimate. That's fine. Say. You're going yeah, to have to say And so he, uh, read, so this Keith guy tried to steal it and he walked out uh, with the, with the electrical uh, rope, uh, you know, and, uh, and then this, this Tom guy ratted him out. And then wouldn't you believe it? They murdered him. No way. <laughs> they did. I cannot and believe they, they that. they wrapped a 45-pound weight around his neck, which is too much for a neck to hold. That's a lot of weight oh, for a no. neck. And, 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 and they put him into the paper mill pulp. Okay? Yeah. That's where they put him. So they put him in there. It was five other guys. Uh, you know what? They was were fat. Was he fattened. alive when that was happening? Well, they said he died of, uh, of suffocation and drowning. So, yes. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And but that's just how you make paper in Wisconsin. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's kind of the funny thing, Henry. They didn't find him for two days. No. And that paper mill was fully functional. Which go. means right there are here. two yeah, yeah, yeah. days of paper that were just covered in Tom Monfield's Blood. I could actually just see your grandfather smiling as he signs his will, thinking that it's that paper. <laughs> My grandfather didn't have a will. He wasn't allowed to have documents after a certain time there. But you know, everyone says, oh, why go to Uruguay? The weather, you fucking idiot. Because the weather is amazing. You know what? I always say this. You know, my grandfather, my father is a German immigrant, and my father survived the Holocaust. It helped that he was in charge. My, grand, my grandfather. But, but it was tough for him. And I, I interviewed my grandmother, and, and World War II was difficult on her. They lost all their money. And they, uh, yeah, that must have been terrible oh, yeah, for her. That's poor, poor fucking people. Oh, yeah. Mm. Terrible I'm for the sorry, wives of the soldiers. Like... <laughs> That's it. But anyway, kind of a funny little thing with Tom Monfils. Everyone loved him, mostly his parents. And they said he was, his father worked at the paper mill for 36 years. He had resigned uh, or had retired a month before this, so he could have been there for his kid, but he got lazy, I guess. And um, they said Tom should have been a comedian because he was always making people laugh. And instead of a bicycle as a kid, he got a unicycle. So Aww, he deserved it. So everybody, very douchebag you see going around yeah. fucking Williamsburg on a unicycle probably killed someone. Yeah. No, no, that's Tom, the guy who Fair was enough. killed. He rode a unicycle. Marcus, do you have a fucking... I do. 
I do. Mine is mine is uh, the suitcase killer of Lubbock, Texas. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This uh, this guy's name was Rosendo Rodriguez. Uh, he murdered a prostitute one night uh, and put her body in sex a suitcase. Worker. Sex, worker. sex worker. Sex worker. Sex worker. Thank, thank you. Murder. Yes. Thank yes. You. What's that? Sex worker. Sex worker. Sex worker. Yes. Oh, sex is prostitute worker. a bad term? Yeah. It is. It is. Yes. Huh. He murdered a sex worker one night uh, and put her body into a suitcase, threw the suitcase in the landfill, uh, and she was found a couple days later. Uh, The only thing he forgot to do was take the tag off of the suitcase. Very desperate. So they quickly traced the tag back to the local Walmart where he had been caught on video paying for the suitcase and a pair of rubber gloves with his debit card. I, I do love the idea that he passed by a J.C. Penney's, passed by a Target. He's I like, know I'm, I can get a deal over at the Walmart. <laughs> I'm I not paying meant- top prices for the suitcase. The Walmart okay? in Lubbock, Texas is the only place that is open 24 hours. So he made the right decision I there. thought you meant when he left the tag on that it said his name and address in the city. <laughs> I, that, I really enjoyed that mistake of like, well, I'm just going to throw her body out here with this old bag. Oh, dang. <laughs> Turns out I've been to Peru recently as well. Isn't that nice? I want to know what fucking Hobo was looking through the landfill and was like, I know Hobo's a bad word. I'm fucking kidding. I swear to God. <laughs> was looking through the land... Hobo. You can't say Hobo. You can't say Hobo? You can't say Hobo. No, Hobo. Well, who's right the right? describe Henry's father? Honestly, <laughs> when it comes down to I think a homeless man would love to be called a hobo because that name's got character. Yeah, it's like a hobo, train writer. Hobo sounds like Soho. It's very chic. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm a no home person. Yeah. That's that's a good way. Yeah. That's very but, nice. Yeah, they they uh, caught this guy and uh, they found out that they actually solved a cold case. You'll love this. There was a, a two-year-old cold case with this girl, the seventeen-year-old girl Joanna Rogers, that people have been looking for for forever. He actually, uh, during his confession, he in exchange for getting the t- death penalty taken off of the table, he told them that he could tell them the location of Joanna Rogers. They found her when he went to trial. He put in a plea of not guilty. They said. Fuck you! You're getting the chair, and he's sitting on death row right yeah. now. Yeah. Isn't that something? Right? Sometimes it works. Hell yeah! Fuck yeah, dude! All right, well, that's thanks, it. you guys. Thank you. Well, thank you. No, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. We love you. What round is that? As a surprise guest, one more time for Jamie Lee, everybody. Yeah. Hey guys, it's me, Jamie, again. Um, as mentioned earlier, I did write a book. It's my first book. Yeah. Ridiculous, an unfiltered guide to bring... I think you said Wedelicious, which I love. No, I was like, should I have called it that? Um, but it's called Wedicious. It's an unfiltered guide to being a bride. And it is available for pre-order now. And it comes out on December 27th. But if you could like pre-order it and give it to all your friends who are getting engaged or are planning a wedding right now. I know you know people like that. If it's not yourself, it's someone you know. Yeah. Go get it because all the pre-order sales count towards the first week of sales, which counts towards getting on the New York Times oh list. Oh my God. <laughs> Jamie, I can't stop. Thank Jamie, you, Jamie. everybody. I have a problem. <laughs> we love you. I love you. You guys, you know what we're going to say now. Stay sexy. Don't get murdered. 